All right, you're listening to 646. My name's Dawson McManus. We got Maddie Buller in the studio. How you doing today, man? I'm doing excellent, Dawson. All right. How about I'm, yourself, man? You're doing I'm, well? I'm just, just dandy. Really? Not quite fine, but dandy. I'm peachy keen. Yeah? yeah. I was once fine and dandy at the same time as <laughs> George Carlin. Um... <laughs> I'm glad to have you in, man. We haven't hung out in a long time. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. I know. Been a couple months, so yeah. it's, it is good to see you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I haven't had a chance to see Broken Harmony play yet either, and I know you guys played last last night. Yeah, last night we were at um, the Church Key, which cool. was a that was a good time. It was just a duo acoustic thing, which was right sweet because um, you know sometimes you don't get the full lineup, but yep. you know gotta gotta get out and play. It's always fun to play live. Yeah, right? right. And I mean sometimes sometimes it's really cool to just strip down like that. Yep. Which is. Always nice. It allows you to get to know your songs a lot more intimate as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and how to kind of fill things out when, because it's really weird when you're missing drums, mm-hmm. especially especially when you're playing bass. You're like, I yeah. really, I really wish I had that kick right now. <laughs> yeah, as a rhythm guy, and especially because yeah. you you, you got to uh, resist that tendency to just play that dun 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 to keep it moving, right? Yeah. You got to be more creative than that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But it was fun. It was a good time. Excellent. Um, you are a DJ for the Wolf. I am, and. Do you do any other radio stations? I feel uh, I do. I do 100.5 Fresh Radio oh, yeah, as well. Did, yeah. I'm on 8 a.m. to noon on Sundays there, and I'm the uh, voice uh, right now for Arrive Alive Canada. Oh no well. way! Yeah. When did that happen? A uh, couple months ago, I got the actually maybe three, four months ago now. I got the gig, so the voiceovers and stuff for radio, and then I went back in a month later and did the TV ones that went over Christmas and the ones that are running now. So it's my first oh, ever shit. TV voiceover gig, so I thought it was pretty cool. You know what? I do remember when you posted that um, that spot about it on yeah. on Facebook. Good for you, man. That's Thanks, awesome. Man. Yeah. I, fuck, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, no, don't don't apologize. The man. Christmas season is a lot of overindulging. So I agree. I, uh, which is good that you did those ads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least then you can drive home, or yeah. you don't drive, drive home. home. <laughs> don't drive home. There you go. Get get a get a DD or or a cab or yeah or sleep in the studio like right. I do I sleep I sleep at the Wolf every now and then do you well I live in Bowmanville so um, when I uh, if I come here on like a Friday night to check out a band and I work Saturday morning or something like that rather than drive home I'll just crash on the couch in reception oh wow that's rock and roll yeah that's that's <laughs> very rock and roll I was gonna say shit man if you want like I got a guest room you're more than welcome to crash here if, unless you like the convenience of waking up at work it, it is kind of nice man yeah. i roll in brush my teeth in the men's washroom there and then uh <laughs> the studio's about 20 feet away from that so that's pretty sweet yeah it's like wake up ah man i'm so early for work this is yeah. great yeah well actually usually it's the alarm goes off about five minutes before your time <laughs> so very nice yeah that's i'm real really professional cool. about it yeah hey <laughs> good on you man that's very cool you're also a musician and you play a myriad of instruments um, yeah, I started on sax when I was young yeah. and, uh, of course in the teen years to join a band, I, I tried to learn guitar and, yeah. and, uh, t- and then recently about three years ago, I picked up the bass yeah, you and, did. uh, actually it fast became my favorite instrument. I call it the mature, uh, musician's instrument <laughs> because, um, you've really got to know when to lay back in that pocket, yeah. not disrupt vocals. You got to yeah. know how to lock in with your with your drummer, yeah. and you got to know how to support the vocals with the proper notes, right? So okay, it's um, it's not all about rhythm. It's yeah. about knowing your chord scale relationships real well. Yeah, in a big bad way. Which one of my favorite dudes for that is Paul McCartney, because oh. that dude would go from a walking bass line into if not the actual vocal melody then a supporting line yeah. for the melody and then go back into his walk or go back into just straight eights or just do yeah 
Oh, when I when I so good. when I was learning bass, I put on a lot of old Beatles because yeah. he plays what I consider now. Back then, it was pretty revolutionary, but now I consider that to be the good quality textbook yeah. bass, right? Yeah, that's the gold you standard. Know, old Bloody, Old Blood Da. Um, what a legit bass line! I mean, it right? was so awesome. The Offspring decided to copy it. Yeah, right? yeah, that's <laughs> right? right. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, um, what's this? Is it Get a Job? Is that what that? Yeah, song's Get called? a Job. Yeah, yeah. And I love the way he does. Uh, the fuzz bass on, I think it's Think for Yourself off of Rubber Soul. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I always used to think that was George Harrison until I bought the actual vinyl. And, you know, I love reading the back of the vinyl or whatever. Yeah. And it's actually, it says Paul McCartney on the fuzz bass. And I was like, wow, because it's so brittle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like a guitar playing his low end. But yeah, yeah. There you have it. Yeah, man. They were... It's hard to hard to top. Yeah, you can't top. <laughs> Not really. No, you can't. Especially when you talk about songwriting, right? Like, I mean, shit. No kidding. I only you can only wonder basically what would have happened to them. Like, I mean, as if they would have stayed around as long as the Stones, I wonder how long they would have stayed relevant. Because the Stones yeah. haven't really produced a relevant album since like the Steel Wheel Tour, probably. Yeah, they're oh, kind this of. This year's was pretty good. I I haven't heard they this they just released uh, uh, some material and it's actually not bad oh cool but because um, the last thing I heard from them sorry to cut yep, you off just the last thing I heard from them was that I can't even remember what the song was called but the one was like I'm lying in the dirt feeling kind of hurt was oh, the yeah. um, I can't remember what but I I mean nothing against the Stone side because I love yeah. them but that tune just yeah. oh <laughs> I did not like it although and, I got it, ACDC. Yeah. I couldn't believe rock or bust. Now, yeah. I mean, you got to like ACDC because yes. it's it's just like, I mean, I'm looking at your Rush shirt. Yeah. Rush wouldn't put out a, a, an album that doesn't sound like Rush. Yeah. And ACDC will not put out an album that doesn't sound like ACDC. But one thing I like about rock or bust was, you know, it had a, a, some shades there of Back in Black and yeah, yeah. Uh, Razor's Edge. And I thought that was pretty cool. They were able to capture that, especially now seeing how the band's kind of changed you know, petered out and changed and guys yeah. missing but they yeah. actually had the lineup for that so yeah yeah which was awesome because that was just before we had the uh the tragedy with um uh malcolm, malcolm. Young with oh man what phil a rudd. bummer yeah, yeah. yeah. well dementia is that's that's tragic the phil rudd yeah. thing to me is self-made yeah yeah it's, it's sort of like when you have a hangover nobody's gonna feel sorry yeah. for you well yeah you make it's your like, bed you're gonna have to lay yeah, it right but like, uh, uh, nobody makes a bed for dementia yeah i know that's, and especially for a guy like uh, a musician mm. i always feel like as a musician our minds are are 90 percent of the game when it comes to our love of music and how we can perform and for right. him to actually lose that at the end of his life it's makes me sad because then you know of guys like les paul that like literally were gigging to right up until end. the day he died yes so, same with bb king yeah. and all those kind of dudes yeah which it's, is amazing bb king with his diabetes that i he was know able and to, arthritis he must yeah he must have been taken great care of himself yeah yeah like my brother actually got to see him um no doubt. a couple of years before he passed and um he may or may not have a signed poster from him he went he went to the the trailer and uh, asked to get it signed and the guy was like all right and took it into the trailer and came back with a signature on it yeah. so he's not sure yeah. if bb actually signed it or if he just went in there signed it came back and was like yeah it's totally his signature yeah. so may or may not be um but a good moment nonetheless yes oh yeah and he right. said it was amazing and uh, he was just so elated with it because by the end of the show they did this like five or seven minute version of you are my sunshine no way yeah and he said it was just beautiful and uh it was it's great because every time he tells the story his eyes light up he's like oh man he's like i almost cried and anyway sorry no um problem. we digress yes <laughs> uh tangents abound 
probably uh, if if the track likely. record is mm-hmm. any indication. I've been asking everybody the same thing because everyone's answer is so different and varied and it's really interesting. It fascinates me to hear this from different people. Um, the first creative thing that you really noticed, whether it was music or if it was a, an art piece or a stand-up comedian or a book or whatever, uh, do you do you have something that instantly jumps to mind? The radio. Yeah? Really? I, I, as a little, little kid, and I'm talking, I've got a four-year-old right now, and at his age, I was glued to the radio. I nice. loved it. I loved the music. My dad was a rock guy. So, you know, like back in that day, I would, I was born in 77. So in the early eighties, you know, I was listening to a lot of like the seventies stuff that was being played on a classic rock radio and also like the cars and stuff like that. And I really, um, as a young kid, I knew like, I didn't really know kids songs, but I knew how to sing like, you know, Bob Seger and stuff like that. And my dad always got a kick out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I found it was also one of those things too, where, you know, it, it kind of helps you identify with, with your parents. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a kid. And that's kind of led me down to, uh, when I was, uh, what would have been nine years old, 10 years old, my, uh, back then they didn't have music in every school in my right. school board. It was brought and it, you spent like four weeks with a music teacher, oh. um, like the kids that were selected, you went out of class and you went into the gym and you, so I was selected oh, cool. and I was playing alto sax and the teacher's name's Victor Gudis, really nice man. And, uh, cause I got to give props to the music teachers out there. Cause they're the yeah, ones yeah. that can really, um, they can turn your life around. And he did for me because he convinced my mom to give me the gift of music oh, nice. because he, he came to my parents' house really? and actually said, you know, your son has promise. Uh, he has to work. But yeah. he's got promise, and the school board has a certain number of instruments. Wow. And we'd like, and then I became part of the school board band, and uh, moved to tenor a couple years later when my mom bought me a, a tenor sax. Right on. And uh, I can still play the E flat, but to tell you the truth, I can't stand transposing on the fly in E flat anymore because I haven't done it in so long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, that'll still always be my first love, and my mom, I owe her. Uh, between Mr. DeGudis, uh, my mom, and then my private sax teacher. And my parents aren't, like, super wealthy, but my mom paid for one hour of lessons from a lady who was with the Toronto Symphony, oh, Kitchener-Waterloo wow. Symphony. Her name was uh, Elaine Muhall. And between those people, they're what really gave me. Because I never really felt like uh, nobody ever had to tell me to practice. Right. Or, like, what? I, yeah, like, I mean, I was so happy with learning new stuff and that, that eventually Elaine started teaching me jazz and improvisation. And it gets to be that point where after, and now this is many years, but you can start having, like, a musical repartee with your teacher where yeah. you can play off each other. And she knew how to baby grand downstairs. So, nice. you know, I could learn how to play accompany pieces and once you get that that bug, yeah, and especially once you've performed, oh. uh, and people have clapped for you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're you know that's you just hear it ruined all the time for the rest of your life, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to you know, and uh, I'm not even like famous in the least bit, but like if I play a bar gig and we rock a tune and people like it, yeah, it fires me up. Oh yeah, dude, I know exactly what you. That's the what a great feeling. Oh, and I'd, I'd rather somebody tells me my band kicks ours more than, uh, oh, you're a good bass player, you're a guitar player, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather than be like, man, that song rocked or you guys killed it tonight because yeah. there's just also something that I love about being part of the team. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Working with the guys that, and, and there's such special friendships you, you have in a band, right? Yeah, 
so, so. and it's fast too yes. right like when you when you're playing with somebody and it just all comes together and all like it could be someone you just met and all of a sudden you're just feeling I love you. Yeah, you speak the same so, language, yeah, right? Yeah. It is Super, a language. It's like yeah. when mathematicians can talk to each other with those crazy whatever they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Right, I, mean, I, I totally agree. And I've been saying, I've said it a few times that that's why I, one of the things I love most about music is that it is a beautiful language and there's so many different dialects. Yes. And yes. the more dialects you can learn how to speak, the more people you can talk to. That's right. And, and why not? Well, it's like you were telling me about fun. flamenco and how you've, you're kind of getting a little bit of that because i mean a, to be a able, little but still right to be able to yeah. be able to talk that level to a, an actual professional flamenco guitar player also makes it easier for you to learn because the more yeah. basic knowledge you get in music yeah yeah the more foundation you have in those different disciplines the more you can build on them right yeah i mean now to be fair my level of flamenco is baby talk <laughs> that's fine that's <laughs> hey man we all start somewhere with everything some right gaga shit but yeah no you i just heard me like muddle through uh against all odds by phil collins right yeah, there but... on piano I, that's the only song i know and i uh bitch cock those chords constantly <laughs> but it's fun to learn something yeah, new man. right oh, oh yeah every time like there's i love finding stuff that i suck at yeah m- musically because then you go oh Oh, wow. Okay. I need to think about this differently. I need to change the way my hands feel, the way that my brain works out these problems. And it's a really fun exercise in, I've already said problems, but I'll say it again, in problem solving. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fun. And especially in improvisation, like you were talking about earlier, when it's, it's on the fly and you have to really, I mean, not to sound super nerdy about it, but music is math. Mm -hmm. And when you have to work out these pretty complex equations Mm -hmm. simultaneously and on the fly Mm -hmm. and that is exciting to me it's a really cool uh, mind workout yeah you lock in (laughs) you lock in with them and then you've got it right i mean as long as like you said we all speak that language yeah yeah right it comes together and it comes together quick Uh, it's a it's a thing i love about playing with with all musicians is you can usually find some common ground right oh yeah you can always hey even if it's mustang sally (laughs) yeah it's something it's a a place to start and you know what it's funny too that it's too bad that because what a, that's a great song, and mm. Wilson Pickett is one of my heroes. Oh God, is he awesome? And oh, yeah, actually, oh, just a quick tangent. Um, sure. Brandon and I in Broken Harmony just started doing "The Grass Is Greener" on the other side. Oh, great song. Mm. Or don't let the green green yeah. uh, don't let the green grass fool you. Sorry, Jesus, I had a hard time getting that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we played a show last night, I didn't get to bed till about four o'clock this morning. <laughs> so I'm a little bit. A little groggy. Mm, yeah, a little bit. I'm still handsome as ever, though. Bro. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You're looking good, too, man. Thank you. The, the uh, I love the beard. I got to say, buddy. I really like the beard. Because you were clean shaven when we were first starting to hang out. Man. Yeah, and I uh, the wife said it was all right for the winter anyway. So yeah. I thought oh, okay. I'd go all Get away with uh, it. scruffy and oh, makes you look rugged. Yeah, plus I know like uh, I also got the PA announcer gig for the Peterborough Timberman lacrosse team uh, ah, the next cool. couple of months, so I figured I should look like a Timberman. Yeah, right yeah. on, man. That's I'm awesome. Not, I'm not very big like a Timberman, though. I'm kind of <laughs> pipe cleaner here. That's why I play bass and I don't uh, bounce at clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually point the guy out to the bouncer. That's my job. And then yeah. I hide behind him. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's the problem right over there. Yeah. Go get him. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Hey, man, if you want to talk about pipe cleaners. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen that show in forever. Yeah, Hercules. Yeah, dude. When I was a kid, I used to have like one of those uh, uh, old WWF championship belts, but I like totally had uh, 
like painted over it with the big H so that it was like the Hercules, Hercules belt. belt. And I had like, yeah. um, for my first communion, cause I was a good little Catholic boy. I got a ring from my Nana and Papa. That was so your that ring? was my Herc ring. And I, oh, I, awesome. I tucked it in that belt and I ran around. And, uh, one time oh. I, uh, my mom likes to tell this story. I, I had, I, I had on it, the Cape too and everything. And I, we we used to live in this bungalow which had like three steps down to a landing and then like six steps down to the basement get out to the garage the one way and i jumped off that and there was a low level uh roof there and i hit my head landed on the stairs and slid all the way down the (laughs) stairs and my mom and my aunt came running and were like you all right matthew and i was like oh it's all right i had my cape on (laughs) (laughs) and nothing can hurt you i've always had rocks in my head for heavy thinking there you go (laughs) yeah that's awesome. Dude, that took me back. Wow. Hercules and Rock and Robin Rocket yeah. Robin Hood rather. Yeah. With yeah. Rocket Robin Hood. Yeah, and his his gang of merry men. Yeah, oh man. man. It was like those two shows. Uh He Man was a big He-Man. deal. Thundercats. Fuck yeah, Thundercats, yeah. G.I. Joe. And then um, like TV Ontario, you gotta go back to like today's special. Oh yeah. The Barbara the Papas. mannequin yeah. came to yeah, life. Jeff the mannequin. That's right. And um And Gary Ganoos. The ma- yeah. There's no Ganoos like good Ganoos, like <laughs> Gary Ganoos. That's a great old show, man. Oh yeah. Barba Papas, that like spongy, messy like I don't know. I'm I, this is probably I'm a little older than you, so maybe it was it wasn't on for a long time, but the Barba Papas were like this. I don't know. They all look kind of like Grimace from. Uh, oh, okay, from the old McDonald's. From the group? old McDonald's stuff, but they were kind of more blobby, and they lived in this. I don't know why I, I liked them so you... much. I loved that when I was a kid. Search it up. It's Barba Papas. I know oh, they got to right. be out there on the worldwide. Oh interweb. yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. I think that maybe predates me a little bit because you're. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, thirty-nine now. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're eight years older than me. Yeah. So yeah, I would have missed it probably by yeah. a little bit. Did you ever watch Voltron when you were a kid? Oh, I loved Voltron, yeah. man. Yeah. You formed the body. No, oh, formed the head. That's right, man. Yeah. Keith the leader. <laughs> yeah. That was the, they, they made awesome. Like that, Nowadays, the cartoons aren't quite the same. I've got kids and, you know, yeah. Paw Patrol's all right, you know. I my, my, that, my kids but... love the Paw Patrol and uh, what else do they like there? Uh, super Y, where they're all super readers. Oh, okay. And they like uh, use like this handheld computer to put together the phrase of the day, which is like, learn how to be helpful and stuff like that. Oh, so cool. it's kind of nice, yeah, but it's just not like stuff. back in the day where like we watch like GI Joe and every day Cobra got their ass slapped by GI right. Joe. Right. Like nowadays <laughs> parents are like, they can't see that. Like I've, I've actually read mom blogs of like moms who are like, Oh, you can't let them see Bambi. What about the children? Like, are you kidding me? Bambi, Bambi. dies. Your kids have to learn somewhere. Let me tell you, man, your kids got to learn uh-huh. life lessons somewhere. And I've learned, I've got a, a 15 year old, almost 16 and all the way down to four. And I'll tell you that, uh, life lessons are best learned at home because you yeah. can provide the proper support for them. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want them just... learning that when they're in their twenties and they don't know how to cope with it. Yeah. Much safer environment, right? Yeah, darn right. For so, sure. Even the Lion King, I heard, is is uh, some parents have an issue with, like because of the, I guess, quote unquote, yeah, cause, cartoon because Mufasa, Mufasa dies, I guess, and uh-huh. that's too hard on kids. Like uh-huh. I, my wife has a friend. I think she's a total kook. She won't let her kids <laughs> like eat fast food. She won't let them watch a single thing of TV. Like, I mean, it's a little I, like, yeah, like I, I'm all fine. Like I limit my kids TV. I don't just park them in front of it. Yeah. Like we had, we do music exercises and crafts and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, he loves the Paw Patrol and he could talk about the Paw Patrol with his friends too. Right. Yeah, and that's like sure. this. And I feel bad because this kid, like she's raised in a little square Yeah, and he's a nice little kid too. I like him, Yeah, but uh, it's just going to be hard for him because culture and pop culture are such a huge part of our lives. Yeah. 
right? I mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones, and by fuck do I ever feel left out sometimes looking yeah. at Facebook? So I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I know, right? You know? I don't, I don't really get to watch it either. I, I tuned in once. It was like male frontal nudity. I was like, okay, I'm done. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was... see enough gonk. I played college football. I've seen enough gonk to last me a <laughs> lifetime. I'm done. One a nice sweet set of boobies, it. and that's it. I've never heard it called gunk before. Yeah, the, the old schnuffle up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that only Big Bird yeah. can see. Oh, shit. That's funny. Okay, sorry. So, no, back to... Uh, I keep taking you down. No, no. It's, and it's, man, dude, you should hear the, the third episode. It's like three hours long, and it's all over the fucking place, <laughs> man. So... There's nothing wrong with it. I enjoy it. And I, I like all the pop culture stuff. You saw my nerd room. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're new, you have a very nice nerd room. Thank you. I uh, The NES games, especially. Yeah. I the got old some... school. You got to blow on them to make them work. Yeah. That's a real video game. Yeah. Fuck these yeah. discs. Kids know, today, right? they don't know shit. I actually have... Uh, well, I've got Mario 1 through 3 for the NES. I've got... Nice. Uh, I have Contra. Oh, Contra was wicked because yeah. wasn't that the game where you go up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start, and you got all those select laws? start. But yes, so, there you go. Yeah, the Konami code. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think actually the game that predated it was Super C, and that was the one that first launched the oh, Konami code. No and way. then Contra was the sequel to that. And then, as far as I know, they didn't have a sequel until. Um, until the Super Nintendo was Super Contra, yeah. Alien Wars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Before I found music, old video games were a big deal. That and, of course, Star Wars was always suit. Well, that and the Trek, both of them. Anything yeah. to do with space was a big deal. Really, eh? Uh, growing up, Dad was like obsessed with Carl Sagan and Stephen Hawking. So okay. uh, we got a lot of that stuff growing up, which is probably why I'm such a big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. He's amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't know a lot about the Trek. I'll be quite That's frank. That's cool, like, man. Uh, it's, although, it's like, a little my dry wife, sometimes. My wife, no, my wife's huge Trekkie. Okay. So, like, I've started getting into, like, I just never was exposed to it as sure. a kid, really. So, I just started getting into, actually, the next generation. Yeah. Uh, Love and Picard. Yeah, um, he's I think a badass. He's a good captain. Yeah, um, it's Worf too, right? That's yeah, the, he's yeah. in there too. And then uh, I've seen only two episodes of the original. Um, it's it, a little slow. Well, of course, but I mean, back yeah. then, that's yeah, what, you had to write almost plays yes. for the screen yeah, because yeah. they didn't have the editing or any of the tricks that they have nowadays. Well, right? yeah, so. of course, and they actually they pioneered. A lot of the uh, wow, I stumbled over pioneered. I don't yeah, know why. That's all right. <laughs> I do it on air all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah. Sound like Mushmouth from Fat yeah. Albert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dope's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so wow. To get back on track again, yeah. um, how old were you? Because you said ten was was sax, right? Yeah. When you first started getting into that, how old were you when you made the switch? To, to bass, it was uh, well. Bass, I didn't start playing until I was in my thirties. Oh, okay. So like, then, guitar really, was the interim. Guitar was my yeah. I've been playing guitar since I was fourteen. I played oh, okay. lead guitar because the thing was with sax, I learned all my theory. Right. And um, because you play in B flat or E flat, my transposition skills when I was playing, like when we were writing our own songs, I could my chord scale relationships and stuff yeah, were yeah. better than most of my peers at 14 right um so i was always the one that ended up playing lead guitar right because um, you knew because like, i could what would go with i could what? solo right yeah and um so it just kind of went from there um you met my lead singer dave uh mm -hmm. i've known him since grade four 
Holy since he shit. came here from Ireland. So like I've I've been making music with him for a long time, and uh, that's amazing. Yeah, a few people from my high school. Danny Michelle's from my high school. Wow. Um, who else was Anthony and Lori Newick? Lori Newick is uh, she's kind of like a pop girl that's touring okay. around Canada right now. Cool. Um, so I came from a pretty musical high school as well. We formed like a, awesome. a lot of bands. Uh, Nobody's Children, Neglected Ant Farm, to name a few. <laughs> Neglected a Ant Farm name. was awesome because uh, Mike Mercy was our drummer, and his dad uh, was in the Mercy Brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, and his sister, Sarah Mercy, is actually an artist for Disney now, but back when we were Holy teenagers, uh, yeah, she's got a credit, actually, on The Lion King. I think it's The Lion King. If not that, the movie after, I can't remember. But oh, okay. she started with Pixar in the mid-'90s, but in the early 90s, she was still living at home and still applying to art school at Sheridan and oh, she cool. designed our logo for neglected ant farm. And it was like this like ant with a pitchfork and a piece of hay sticking out of his mouth. And it was, it was like by far the coolest logo I've ever had for a band since. That's fantastic. Cause nowadays I'm sure that logo would cost me a fortune to yeah, have somebody do would. it. Right. So it's amazing how, when you're a kid, yeah. you've got all this network connections and you may yeah. not have any money, but your network, you can put stuff together still. Yeah, and everybody's like, just wants to be a part of it and yeah. just just figuring out their craft and everything yeah. that's really cool because that's another thing that i ask a lot of people too is um the the creative network of friends when you're young yeah. um because coming up for me most well my entire family plays basically cool. and and then all my friends would play as well and and our house was sort well one of um it was one of the big spots for for jams and for parties with and there's always bands at yeah. it and stuff like that so it sounds like you had a pretty similar upbringing uh, in that well respect. like with our music yeah my my friends for sure my family not really very musical right. uh, my brother plays guitar but it's because i kind of taught him right when we were teenagers because he's younger than i am and uh but my friends we would go to parties and it sounds just like your your parents place where it's almost like a parliament funkadelic concert where people are rotating instruments yeah. and you, you might play guitar and then go upstairs and have a beer and a, a quick puff and then come yep. down and pick up a bass. And it, but there was always the music going for like you yeah. know, six hours yeah. and it was a lot of fun because you know, when everybody changes instruments, you start getting different feels. So the song will always change and never gets boring. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. That is exactly yeah. what, what our, folks place was speaking like. of which i've seen parliament with with george clinton and bootsy <gasps> collins and i gotta tell you man Fuck. that was three and a half fucking hours of um like just awesome. mind-blowing <laughs> funk like That's so cool uh they used to have uh, uh the guy that used to own the place shakedown street the the like weed emporium type place in kitchener waterloo <laughs> when i was growing up he used to have uh his name's bob he used to have like shakedown fest or whatever it was called i can't even remember the actual name but it was always out in like a field in the middle of nowhere and he always got like super awesome hippie bands and one year guess who shows up the grateful dead no way jerry garcia that's great and he didn't even advertise it there was maybe ten thousand people in a field listening to the dead at closing this show and it's like baden if you know kitchener waterloo you go out just past it there's baden hill where you'll see like uh it's one of the the higher lying areas and it's got a uh cell tower type thing fm tower that's that's on it and on the back side of that hill is where you'd have a lot of those parties and stuff like that hey that is so cool it was awesome it was uh, they were Holy that was shit. unbelievable i've woken up in a few farmer's fields in my day <laughs> nice, and by man. the way if my 15 year old's listening to this don't get any fucking ideas <laughs> i will break your goddamn legs <laughs> uh, okay. uh, i don't want to do a spit take i need a second <laughs> 
No, you, you got nice AG, AKG mics. You don't want to ruin them. Yeah, it's a nice actually, studio, by the way. It's, thanks, it's man. very nice. nice it's coming and, along. I got to get a ceiling in here, but uh, it's coming. It's I like coming. It. You know, it's. I'm I'm having a lot of fun collecting the gear, and I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I was gonna say frugal, but I'm fucking cheap. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the reason I got these AKGs is they were buy one get one free. Hey. And I was like, God damn, I'll take that. They're nice mics. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Like, I made them. <laughs> yeah, well, hey. But, uh, no, um, you made a good decision to I, buy them. Yes, there we hey, go. man, you're a musician. You know crap in, crap out. Yes, Even exactly. if you get a deal, doesn't matter if it sounds like crap, yeah. right? Yeah, and actually, that was something that my dad instilled in us really young. Spend the money once. Yep. Because the first guitars that we learned on... Uh, did you see the Jagmaster I've got out in the Hercules stand yep. out there? I've had that since I was 11. That was my first electric awesome. guitar. And then um, my younger brother, Glenn, has the Strat that Dad got. Um, and we just came home one day, and he had the Strat on, and, and the Jag was in another stand. He's like, I'm going to teach you boys how to play rock and roll. Beauty. And we're just like, oh, my God. Because we'd just seen Colin James with the little big band like a week before, and we were losing our minds saying we had to get guitars. And... Just prior to that, we were first introduced to Zeppelin. It was like, yep, yep, yeah. this is it. This yeah. is what we have to do. Oh. So, Those yeah. first four albums. Right. I mean, Zepp well, especially two and three for me were the ones that, because yeah. two was um, like Zeppelin one on acid. Yeah. Like it was like yeah, it's a, a harder, grittier, <laughs> bluesier, thicker version of one. And then. Yeah. Uh, number three was just like where the fuck did that band come from it's got like songs like since i've been loving you and these like grooves that are yeah. like, but then you still got hard zeppelin with like the immigrant song and stuff fuck with the attacking yeah. but uh you could really start to see zeppelin four which would take them off you got to see pieces of that in two and three yeah you know and, and that you're right like it, when you're young and you're listening to zeppelin nothing makes you want to pick up an instrument more right. than hearing page or john paul jones or bonham or plant or whoever you're yeah your guy any was of the, in that band any of the four will yeah. do it yeah although i used to love i loved the story and part of the reason i like playing bass and i played defense when i played football is i always liked the whole idea of being like unsung and people don't i've, yeah. I've, I've never wanted to be famous i've wanted like the perks of fame like yeah where, like i go in and i've got a sandwich that's got like my name on it yeah and yeah, like that. yeah yeah I, <laughs> that shit is cool to me for whatever reason and there's like a totally. beer that i like but like I don't want to be recognized all that much because I don't care about that. But so yeah. like I remember reading an interview and it might have been in that Zeppelin four disc box set uh, where they had that big booklet. Right. And yeah, I remember yeah. reading a, an interview uh, with John Paul Jones and he's talking about how, you know, him and Bonham, because they were the bass player and drummer, yeah. could just fuck off out of the hotel for a night and they'd go to locals all over the States yeah. and no one knew who the hell they were. They were just at the bar drinking. They'd play darts with these American guys who'd like, Oh, you're from Britain. Hey, we'll tell you where to go tonight. And they'd give them. Yeah. The yeah. Right. And then where, where is page and, and plant they get to mobbed, stay in, yeah. the, in, in a floor of hotel rooms that they've rented out because they can't go anywhere without security. Right. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be that famous and have yeah. people taking pictures of me everywhere. Like I, I don't know if I ever want to make a morning show. Because right. I don't want my face on a bus shelter. Yeah. If I was driving around in Peterborough and saw my face on a bus shelter, I'd egg that shit. <laughs> I Nobody wants I can to see me. I can see what you're saying, man, because I'd be mortified if my face was plastered on stuff. Like, oh. I'm fully aware of what I look like, which yeah. is exactly why I started playing music. Yeah, exactly. Me too. You know, it's like, oh, I gotta, I, I have to do something 
in order to attract the opposite yeah, that's sex right. because the mug ain't going to do yeah, it. Yeah. So That's right, man. So every now and then playing a little groove, that'll yeah. hook you up, right? Yeah, Especially right. when you're younger. Yeah, oh, totally. You just don't want to be guitar guy at a party. That's the only guy you don't want to be, yeah. that guy. Yeah, you pick up the if you pick up a guitar at a party, you play one, maybe two songs, then you're done. Yeah, you don't you don't keep going. Yeah, otherwise you're a guitar guy. Yeah, and then people will. It's like, oh man, this guy. And then it turns into the Animal House scene where Belushi yeah. smashes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, just hands him back yeah. at pieces. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um. So, when did you decide you were gonna get into radio? I got in late, actually. Uh, I. I'll give you, I guess, a little bit of the short story in my adult life. I went yeah, to, yeah. I went to Laurier and got a degree in economics, 96 to 2000, and I played on their football team. Nice. Then I moved out west. I played one year on the Stamps practice roster and lived in Calgary. My first son was born in Calgary. Um, and uh, I accidentally kind of started a company because they were – I had a trade growing up in my teen years. I used to work with my uncle all the time, okay. uh, doing tiling carpentry and stuff like that. So when right. I got to Alberta, they were in desperate need. And so eventually after doing a couple houses for Shane Holmes, I just kept getting contracts and I started hiring people. And then, um, I, that whole time I was playing in a band called rare herb and, uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. three piece. Right. On. And, uh, I was playing guitar and in that band and then, um, well, let's see, we, I got fast forward a few years. I, I moved, I'd moved back to Ontario and I was still doing my construction type work, doing, um, getting co mostly commercial type contracts. Nice. And I got T-boned on the 401 by somebody in the rain doing about 140 and it did some damage oh. to my neck and stuff. So I sold the business and went to radio school. And, uh, Whoa. so I decided to get into radio and I, I'm lucky I've got a, a wonderful wife who's a smoking hot rocket <laughs> who supports me as far as like you know she said what do you want to do that's you know, awesome you've been working hard what is it you want to do like and I love to like I said I love to perform yeah um and whether that's uh, a show a live show or whether that's a radio show or stand up whatever I don't care yeah. I just enjoy making people laugh and uh being an people smile yeah it's yeah. just you know i like that's how you know you you enjoy entertaining when you come home from your radio show or your gig and you're you're mentally tired yeah right like yeah. because you've put everything into it yeah right you get excited you should be right? exhausted you should be if you're not you didn't do it that's right, right cuz mentally you've got to be there 100 percent it's yeah. got to be there yeah so i i that's how i know i really put in a good show how how nice. how decent of an afternoon nap i get after a show Ah, sick, man. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Having having a strong partner in yeah. a relationship is paramount. Although I don't allow anybody to call her my partner. Well, no, because, okay, yeah, I, no did. I know. Sorry. I'm just teasing. But I just have a joke about that because people, when we first started, when we first got married, it's been a long time now, but, you know, people see your partner and this and that. And I'd be like, look, man, we're not in business. I spent <laughs> a fucking shitload of money on a wedding. So I don't mind it if you call her my wife. Plus, we're not playing euchre. <laughs> you know? Um,. Uh, yeah. No, Otherwise, totally she's my girlfriend. Like, you know, like I, I think it's because as grownups now, grownups don't like to use the term girlfriend or boyfriend. They don't feel that serious enough, I guess. Sure. So they use the term, oh, that's my partner. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. It's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. And, why, and by the way, what the fuck is the problem with having a boyfriend or girlfriend? That doesn't mean you're not serious with them. Oh, totally. No, I, hey man, I'm totally on yeah. the same page. I've just. And I digress again. I'm no, sorry. I'm just no, taking I, your radio show right off track. Fuck it. 
I'm down. Cool. No, man. Hey, look, it's, I've I've been given shit about saying um my wife before. Yeah. So and but and and it's it's kind of silly because um she calls me her husband. Yeah. So I mean I don't see. Uh, I call my wife Mrs. Buller all the time. Yeah. Go go talk to Mrs. Buller. She'll tell you. Yeah. Or you know like I, she's my chick. But that's all mm. right. I'm her dude. Yeah. There's nothing right? wrong. Like I think people have to understand there's context to everything. Of course. And. If you're not using the term in the pejorative, yeah. then there shouldn't be an issue with it. Totally. Yeah. Right? If I'm if I'm you being a misogynistic douchebag and referring to her as my chick and pinching her butt in front of people and hey toots, yeah. well then I'm an asshole. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Totally. But I mean like, you know, sometimes I'll like, you know, just be like, She's my chick, my cute little chick. Or, yeah, well, yeah. actually because she's Swiss, I call her my Shatzi. Oh, which cool. is um German for it actually the direct translation is uh, treasure, but it it means oh, nice. it, like you use it more like sweetheart. Oh nice! So you're like hey Shatzi, can you get me whatever? And that's that's so, cute. Yeah. I like that. I learned my I learned some Swiss German. I'm getting pretty fluent actually. Really? It's pretty good. Yeah. Man, you're a good Schweizer Deutsch. I don't. I just said I I speak good Swiss German. Oh okay. That's it. The blank stare helped, eh? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> it helps a lot because what's cool is it's a, it's a dialect, right? So um, right. the Swiss are a very insular people, pretty xenophobic, actually. Oh, wow. um, it's not just that they hate everybody outside of Switzerland. Like the German don't get along with the French Swiss and they both don't get along with the Italian. It's, right? The only time right. they band together is when there's outside forces. Sure. But if you're in the German part of Switzerland, as a tourist, you're usually speaking high German. And they okay. can immediately pick out that you're a tourist. Now, I have an accent when I speak Swiss German, but I'm using Swiss German words. I've actually had an entire restaurant turn and listen to me order my meal and had a couple men come up to my table and ask me why I know Swiss German. Where are you from? And they're so intrigued because the only way, you know, and then they find out like I'm married Swiss right. and my father-in-law was a Feldweibel in the Swiss army. And then all of a sudden I'm drinking Feldschlossli with them and enjoying a, a good so, night. Oh, a what in the Swiss army? A, Feld- a Feldweibel, which is, uh, I guess the closest thing here would be a Sergeant major or I oh, guess warrant oh, officer. It's a, rank. It's okay. a rank. Yeah. Cool. Oh, he's a, wow. Yeah. So he, uh, cool. he served quite, quite well over there and in in switzerland they all serve right right everybody has a weapon like my cousin roger you go downstairs in his basement he's got like um i guess you'd almost call it like one of those bomb rooms or whatever shelter yeah and he opens it up Mm. and he's got you know like sig sour in there and like gas masks for him and the family not only that like i found out like there's bridges in switzerland that are wired to blow the minute they're invaded like still to this day that's amazing. If somebody comes across that border, they'll blow that bridge. That's crazy. Like they, there's a whole bunch of, and they're, they've got mountains that are hollowed out that are uh, just for the army. It Whoa. is, it, it is. I actually went up a halfway up a mountain, and there's a place. It looks like it's just a regular house. Okay. Yeah. And because my cousin Roger, his um, platoon did stinger missiles, so they did stuff oh, up cool. in the up in the halfway up the mountain with these. Um, stingers and they would have to shoot incoming planes or whatever so their exercises there's this house and all of a sudden it's like gi joe for real like the (laughs) the facade just comes right down off the house and there's these like four like gun turrets that are like i can't even tell you how large these they're bigger than like those howitzers or whatever because i'm not i'm not a war i don't really know sure sure all I know is like the shells that come out of these are bloody huge. Yeah. But like, if if you wouldn't know any better, you think that's just a house halfway up a mountain. 
Holy crap. Yeah, like that's why even the Nazis didn't bother with Switzerland. Like it would be it's every it's all mountainous. Yeah, yeah. So everything is in pockets. So even if you were able to take over one little area, you couldn't get the others and they're all armed. Yeah. So it'd be like invading America. You'd have to fight every citizen. You know, it yeah. just wouldn't work. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's it's a very interesting society. That's so cool. Yeah. I've I've never left North America. I would very much like to do so. As an artist, you would love Europe because one thing I love about Switzerland too is its proximity to France, right. Germany, Spain, yeah, Italy. Everything's so a train right away. Renaissance, all that stuff is you know like it, and it, it's very inspiring. And actually, it's pretty cool too when you go there because you'll meet musicians. Yeah. And you know, even on the street, I jammed with a couple people, ah, man, and one guy so was like, cool. "Oh, he was in where I'm in Paris." France with my wife and he's like oh you uh, you are from Canada he's like okay uh we play we play parliament and we played uh play flashlight he starts oh, riffing shit. flashlight and I was like you know flashlight it's like shit yeah so we riff flashlight uh, together awesome. and he, we went for a drink with uh uh his wife my wife and you know and even when we went my wife and I went to Cuba we spent half the time hanging out with the band because oh, like, so the cool. bands at the resort they're cool and they live just uh where we were in Veradero there's a town that's just off of Ver- Veradero called Matanzas it's okay. where the locals live right because right. the locals aren't allowed to live in the tourist towns right and uh Leo invited us to his house for dinner the one night so we actually went off the resort and had dinner where they actually killed the pig in our honor basically oh, and wow. you know like they have uh like we're talking i actually watched this guy misplace his guitar pick too and freak out and i was like why it's a pick and apparently like you can't buy like picks that easily in in so what we do oh, now yeah. is i started like once a year i send down to leo and his band a bunch of like drumsticks and and strings and picks um because they have a hard time getting them so i've even got long mcquade because john long i've known him for a few years so um he lets me pay uh just cost so i i don't have to pay the markup so it saves me a little bit plus that means i i would i'll spend x number of dollars regardless so the better deal he gives me the more i can send yeah yeah so because leo said he's been able to give it to a few other people as well other musicians and that's all i want to do like for that kind of thing it's um, there's a lot of other charities that need help. I understand in that, but you know what? Like, um, culturally the Cubans are beautiful people. Yeah. Um, the music that they play, um, the, one of the cutest moments of my marriage with my wife was we'd just gotten engaged in Cuba and the, the band that we made friends with, this was the first night we'd met them. And we were, I was talking with, uh, Leo on break and he introduced me to the young lady that was singing and it was her father on drums. Oh, nice. And, um, they said, we play you song next. We play you song. So we sat back down after we talked to them. And the first song they played was Billy Joel's I Love You Just The Way You Are. Oh, nice. And she sang it in this beautiful, like, accented voice, the yeah, Spanish. Yeah. But it was the cutest because the J, they don't say properly. So it'd be like, I love you just the way you are. And it was <laughs> just so cute. They played it so well. The band even did a great version of uh, So What, Miles Davis. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I mean, culturally a beautiful people and it made me sad that, uh, you know, like Castro paid for all those doctors and healthcare and schools, which was great. Yeah. But I mean, you didn't really support your your culture, your musicians, your, your visual artists. And, um, before you can even have a counterculture, you have to have culture. Yeah. And I think for you to develop as a nation, you have to have a a rich culture. Yeah. People have to buy into culture for nationhood. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. That's really cool, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. That's yeah. It's, 
That's awesome. It's that fun. warms my heart. It, it really it, does. It's one of the things that makes me feel like the best. Like, honestly, you feel like they, people, it, I mean, it's trite, but people say, yo, you know, you'll feel your best doing charity. And you know yeah. what? I really do. I mean, I've been involved with the special needs hockey team here in town for a few mm-hmm. years. And uh, the Huskies. Uh, uh, well, now they're the Electric City oh. uh, Maroon and White. Whoops. Um, they Sorry. had a little bit of a problem. The people that started the. Um, charity oh, had actually defrauded a bunch of people and it made me feel really angry as well because I had spoken so highly of them right. but I and on this podcast I'd like to make clear right now that that's being run by a guy named J-Boy Williams Chris Williams is a prince of a man and Peterborough is lucky to have him he had no idea what was going on right. all of a sudden there's all this stuff in the air. They've got the special needs international hockey tournament coming to Peterborough in March mm. with this, they're supposed to be hosting and all of a sudden he might not have a team. There's all this Whoa. money apparently. And then he had no idea they get, he gets all these bills sent to him for ice time and bounce checks. And, uh, the prince of the man that he is, he sucked all that up. And what's awesome about Peterborough is people stepped up in the community and uh, I know the Fishers who run the the Kawartha Comets. Mm. Um, they kicked in money to pay for the ice time for the team, wow. and a bunch of other people in the community stepped up. But none of it would have happened without Chris Williams holding everything together through that entire shitstorm. Wow. Um, and he he's at present their coach, and like those kids are damn lucky to have that guy because uh, awesome. after having the pleasure of meeting him many times, he's he's as advertised and so um but yeah when i when i help them out even when i give them just some love on the radio so that Mm. people know about them it makes me feel better yeah yeah for sure right because those kids you want to see pure joy watch a kid with special needs score a goal yeah that my friend is pure joy (laughs) that's awesome wow that's man that's kind of i mean it's amazing that he was able to do all that but it's tragic that it had to happen it's tragic that it had to happen i I agree that's especially that um it happened to really like it it screwed those kids over yeah right like it doesn't screw anybody over but those kids and the people that meant well yeah and it screwed over the people that had been kicking up money to help and stuff and you realize it's going to line someone else's pocket yeah it's not going to be uh you know nobody can take that lying down but i mean peterborough as always, just a generous, loving city. Yeah. And they weren't going to hold it against those kids that a couple of adults screwed up. And I think yeah. that's, you know, there aren't, like, not every city's like this one. Yeah. So. No, I agree. I agree. Wow. That got somber. Yeah, well, yes. you know. No, but. You can edit that out. No, no, fuck. Here, I'm doing it. jazz hands now. <laughs> There's another old cartoon. It's Strawberry Shortcake. Oh, wow. I just did the Purple yeah. Pie Man. Man, I haven't seen that show since I was probably like three or four years old. I probably had a crush on her. Her, yeah. her and Smurfette. Yeah. Smurfette was Fox, man. She was, that yeah, short she, little white dress. Yeah, Smurfette teasing me. <laughs> teasing me on Channel 2 when I was a kid. Oh, man. Tiny little toddler boner, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girls in cartoons will leave me in ruins. <laughs> ruins yeah. I want to be baddies, Barney. Oh, uh, Gem and the Holograms. Like, come on, man. Oh, dude, they... They actually just um, chick bass re- players rock my world. <laughs> like oh, and I'm st- oh no, now I feel really bad because I can't remember her name. She plays for I gotta look it up because I I feel terrible not knowing. Um, she plays for Jeff Beck. You might know her name. Um, I gotta look this up because yeah. now I feel like an ass. 
We're just uh, consulting yeah, the uh, cell phone folks. The, yeah, that'll be uh, the old internet here. It's the problem with radio, right? I know, right? It's a I wish I medium. I know. I wish I had a, another laptop to do this faster instead of the stupid phone. The basis name is Tal Wickenfield. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Um, I believe I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, and I got to be honest, I totally forgot why I was even bringing her up, other than the fact that she's a slaying bassist. Oh, well, um, if you play with Jeff Beck, you got to have gotta chops. Be. Yeah, and she's just, she's incredible. I don't even remember why I brought her up. but Gem and the Holograms, I think we were talking about earlier. That's right, in female bassist. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. No problem. Sorry. The, I can't uh, believe I'm that sharp. That's No, that was good. <sighs> well, maybe we could talk about how we met, because that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we met at Wolfstock. Yeah. And, um, cause you, well, and he, Dawson is honestly too humble to tell you this, but the mm-hmm. reason I noticed him is cause he and his band were dressed very nice. It was Carson, uh, Austin Carson, or, band. Austin Carson band. Yep. And, uh, I wanted to check you guys out cause I heard you warming up and you guys all were sounding good. You had like your gear was, it's not that your gear was good, but what was coming out of it was yeah. good. You could tell you knew how to use your gear. I see a lot of hard key amps, but not necessarily the best tones coming from them, right? Sure. Oh, well, thank you. And um, you guys played uh, that song by the band up on Cripple Creek. Yeah, we and did. And Dawson does the best clavichord imitation on his bass with the uh, with the bass wall. You do that. Yeah. And that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> That's when I started calling him the best bass player this side of the Rockies. Oh. We can't count Getty Lee. Because he's Getty fucking Lee. Everybody knows Getty Lee's the best fucking bass player ever. It's yeah. even in fucking Orgasmo when Matt Stone and Trey that's, Parker wrote, right? Yeah, Getty yeah. Lee, best bass player ever. Yeah, right? totally. I mean, so, Unicorns kick ass. I Sorry. mean, and, and, not, that, not that I sound gay or nothing, but yeah. uh, you're kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a good movie. No, I lost my train of thought. Oh, well. Um, it probably wasn't that. Getty Lee's the best bass player ever. Oh, and yeah. We and, met and, and, and then, yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean... I'd, I'm not looking down at any other bass players. I mean, there's a lot of great new rock bass players too. Uh, you know, you got like you got Chuck Daly. I mean, uh, that guy is unreal with I Mother Earth and with no the salads. Kidding. And I mean, uh, uh, can't, really the name's good. escaping me right now, but the guy who plays bass for the Arkells, is it Ben? Can't remember, but he's he's great at holding down that, that band. He's yeah. great for what he does. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great bass players, but you, my friend, have well, fucking... Thank you. You're like, that. you got Jocko Pistorius chops. Well, uh, mm. Thank you. Thank you, you. Can you play the harmonic opening part of um, Birdland? Is it dun, 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 dun. Uh, you know, he does that like not in harmonic front of, thing on the bass. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I, not I've in been trying to do people. it for like a year and I can't. Not in front of people. Um, and I, I've been, there's a couple, wow. I was talking about this on the last episode that there are a couple of Jocko tunes I've been working on for a few years because they're so fucking hard. Oh, God. That, um, I, I don't even want to say the title of them because okay. I don't want people to yeah. ask me to show yeah. me to show them rather as, as much of it as I've got. But, um, Oh, I, he's uh, the Lenny bro of bass. He's yeah. Well, he's Jacob Pistorius. Yeah. You know, like he just took it, took it to like a completely other place. He's, yeah. you know, yeah. And it's like cats like Jacko or like Victor Wooten yeah. or, Victor or Marcus Wooten. Miller or any of those cats. Like, it's just, that's a whole other level of playing that, is incredibly inspiring, but luckily is able to um, humble anybody. Yeah. Which yeah, is nice. Because right. anytime you start to feel, and I'm using you proverbially, uh, but anytime I guess my head starts to feel a little bit swollen, I'll throw on something like within those realms and just yeah. go, 
all right, back to the woodshed. Yeah, you know? damn right. Because there's always that. a way to get better. You need that. And you need even, that attitude. Yeah, and just just cats in town, man. Like Ryan Weber. Yep. Um, another Ryan. Uh, his nickname is Rico, but Ryan Brown, okay. Jay Cockrell. Yeah, Jay Cockrell. Fucking yeah. like cats like that. Well, um, Peter Burroughs, I mean, the talent level of this yeah, city per capita, I would actually put it up against any town in this nation. It's pretty crazy, um, especially for upright. He's a, he's a very good bass guitar player as well, but Rob Foreman on the upright nice. is fucking pimp too. Nice. Like, that dude's really good. And I'm sure there's a bunch of dudes that I'm missing, and I apologize. Uh, it's just off the top of my head, I can't. I can't pull oh, out the yeah, names no, right I'm, now because there's, I mean, we could sit here all day and list guys in town that are, yeah. and, and chicks in town too, mm-hmm. that are stellar players. Yeah. The first one that comes to my mind is Emily Burgess because yep. she's just whew, yep. smoking good, yep. smoking good. And, and there's like, there's a whole list that, I mean, we could sit, like I said, we could sit here all day and list players and we in town. Again, yes. We again. were supposed to be talking about the first time we met. Yes. Uh, and I'm actually mad because we we don't have Wolfstock anymore. We haven't since that year. I know. And it's such and a bummer. I want to bring it back, but the problem was they, uh, I don't know if they want to compete with um, Music Fest. With Music yeah. Fest. And I just, I think that as a rock station, that's something that we need though. I agree. You know, like even if in, it, instead of having it as like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing, maybe like just a full Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, but you need something like that. That was a riot, man. Because um, the 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 Saturday, yeah, the Saturday that I played was with the Austin Carson Band, and the headliner for that was Big Wreck. Yeah, and that was the first time I got to see them live. Yeah, amazing. And they did that cover of Shout. Oh, it was yeah. unreal, eh? Oh. Put tears to fears oh. for to shame, man. And I'd never seen Thornley play live before, so I knew he could sing, and I knew he was a I knew he was a guitar player. Yeah. I didn't know that he was a fucking shredder. Yeah. Well, I had no idea yeah. how good that dude really is. Yeah. And that blew my mind. And then the Sunday, I was with Balls and Jane. Um, and the headliner for that was David Wilcox. Yeah. And that was, that was really cool. was my first cool. radio interview. Oh, was it? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's so awesome. I got to ask him finally why he says uh, George Washington. Oh, why does he say George because, Washington? Because, like, right at the Bearcat, yeah. like, it, it, it goes Washington. down, and he goes, George Washington. Bum, bum, right? Yeah. And so I didn't want to ask him, you know, like, hey, what's coming up next? Or what's, you know, like, I don't like asking stupid questions. And sure. I, especially of an artist that I listen to a lot. Yeah. And that's something I always wondered since I was a kid. Yeah. And I know he doesn't like to talk about the Bearcat, but I asked his assistant beforehand the question and said, is that too Bearcat-ish? And she was like, no, actually, that's a music question. Go ahead. Okay. So I asked him, said, you know, like, why George Washington? And he gave me a wink and he goes, I'm telling the boys to take it to the bridge. Yeah, the George Washington Bridge. <sighs> Isn't that awesome? I was like, you just became like That's even more amazing. of a hero to me because like to be that cool, to do it in a song on a recording, be like, hey, George Washington. Dun, dun. Like, and they all nail it together, even live and stuff. That and, is so cool. And I never knew how he got the... Um, his telecaster to, to sound so rich until right. I, until I saw him, uh, backstage or his, uh, his guitar tech backstage. She had his, uh, gits in his main telly. When you flip it over, he's got a, a, um, a powered, uh, pickup in it. Oh, and that's is how it a tap it, coil? Uh, or, yeah. 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 Okay. So like, I, I never realized that. Cause I was always like, man, how does that guy get a telly to sound that rich? Yeah. Like some of those, like, like those strings, strings sound like telephone cables yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So I imagine he probably uses a fairly heavy gauge as well. 
I would yeah, guess. Yeah, I, would, I, would yeah guess. I imagine he's like a 13 or 14 yeah. gauge. Like he's using acoustic strings on yeah. his electric like, what guitar. What the fuck, man? How yeah. do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It was actually, it was funny because after, um, well, actually just back to the Wolfstock thing. Yeah. You were so fucking nice to me. Oh, thanks. Um, that after, after we hung out for, and right away we were just talking about uh, mostly bassists yeah. when we first started shooting the shit backstage. Yeah. And, and it was cool too because you didn't come up and go, I work for the Wolf or anything like that. You just came up and you're like, hey man, great set. I love what you did with the clavichord thing. That was yeah. wicked. And I was like, oh, right on. I'm like, this dude's cool. And then you started talking about a bunch of different bass players that maybe aren't as in the forefront. I'm like, Oh, this motherfucker knows what's up. This is cool. We're going to shoot the shit and we're going to have fun. And then you invited me to go hang out with you guys after the, after the show. Red red dog. It it started at the dog (laughs) and then it kind of turned into a crawl. Yeah. And you introduced me to a bunch of the other DJs, which was really cool. And a fun thing that turned out, I didn't even realize because for the longest time I I'd gotten away from radio because I just was diving into, well, you, you saw that. Yeah. I'm starting to collect vinyl. Yeah. My collection's a little pitiful for anyone that's a real collector. Yeah. But and the digital realm as well. That too. Yeah. But um, I, uh, I'd, I'd just been diving into, you know, records yeah. basically. And so I'd, I'd kind of left radio behind for a little while and I'd, totally missed the fact that a friend of mine from high school, Ken Elric. Yeah. Is Dr. Patch. Yeah, that's right, man. And and he was there. I'm like, holy shit, man. I haven't yeah. seen you since fucking high school. And he was there. And that was, that just, that still to this day, that really stuck with me and, and that it was a really good time. And it was something else that was funny too. Um, I called you on the radio one day cause you were filling in for Kernsey. Yeah. Which was cool. Cause I fucking, you're on so early, yeah. you're on so early I and I almost I never get to hear you cause I'm such well, a night musician. hawk. Yeah. I'm up all fucking night. So I, I rarely get to hear you except for, uh, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but that, that new thing that you're, that you're putting out. Um, I, uh, I called you up cause I think it was, <laughs> I think there was like a Nickelback song and then maybe all summer long or something, a couple yeah. things that you have to play. And uh, I, I totally yeah. understand you're required yep. to do this stuff, but I called Jeff cause it was my birthday and I'm like, God damn it. I want to hear something else. So you played stone temple pilots for yeah. me, which holds a special place in my heart because I got to, um, I got to play on the same bill as them on my 25th birthday. No so doubt. now every year on my birthday, I have to listen to STP nice. and I have to listen to interstate, which is what you played. Yeah. And, um, cause I, I got to watch them do that side stage and I was hanging out with the guys from crash karma no doubt. and, and got to watch them play that. So now every year on my birthday, I have to listen to interstate nice. and it kind of brings a tear now because Wyland's gone. Yeah. So, I saw him in 93. Oh really? Back in the right 90s? after right after Core. Ah. Uh, uh, well, I also saw I was I at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens in '93 for Nirvana. I saw Lollapalooza's '91 through '96, so oh, that would have been the man. first one was uh, Jane's Addiction and all that. Lollapalooza '92 is my favorite. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ministry, Ice Cube, Chili Peppers, uh, Lush. Um, on the small stage was Rage Against the Machine and oh. Tool. And uh, um, Tool's bass player was still playing with his back to the crowd. Oh, was that was that? Or no, sorry, uh, Rage's bass player was still playing oh, with his back to the crowd. Yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, and you like said ninety two, right? So that, that would have been uh, for Tool. Paul Demore would have still been with him. That would yeah. have been pre Justin Chancellor. Yeah, it was still uh, opiate. Opiate. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
my buddy who is kind of like one of those new music guys that everybody sh- every friend everybody should have a friend like that because yeah. he can take you to all the cool bands that yeah, like yeah. even as a dj i don't know even nowadays and so he back then he, he was like no no you got to come to the small stage there's these two bands playing back to back that are like just amazing and it was rage and uh, i couldn't believe rage i was just like these guys are pissed man yeah <laughs> they're real angry and yeah. then uh, and then uh i couldn't believe tool because i couldn't get over the size of danny carey's kit yeah like how tall he is right like those symbols he's and stuff. he's so fucking tall. tall and maynard the way that guy sings live <sighs> i mean he doesn't leave anything backstage he nope. leaves it all out there for you like if you pay to, to see tool live yeah you're getting your money's worth because yeah. that guy does not take a note off. Yeah, I I saw them just after the Ten Thousand Days record was released, nice. and um, it was kind of cool because they didn't really play a whole lot off of Ten Thousand Days, hmm. which um, I liked it, but I didn't love it yeah. the way that the first four records. Yeah. Well, I guess technically five if you count Survival, which was like sort of that secret mm-hmm. EP they put out. Um, those first that first batch of stuff I absolutely adored it mm-hmm. and then I found that now and I, I love the experimentation and I love that they were trying all kinds of new rhythmic stuff with like huge long bars like yeah. oh it's crazy like to count some of that stuff or just accenting things very strangely like in the pot yeah. like cause that's in four yeah. but the accents are super fucking weird and you'll get that if you've got a drummer like Danny Carey yeah, well, who yeah. can play that stuff right? yeah yeah and then but with the it, addition does, of, it does take you away from what yeah. you might be used to from Tool right yeah especially like if you're thinking like Opiate and Undertow where they were very much like kind of more classic rock song yeah. oh, formats yes. yep not necessarily content but the format was yep. very classic rock um, I found that at least for me and I'm sure tons of people will disagree, and that's okay because it's that's what art. About. It's subjective. But um, I found that some of the tunes were just a little bit long for yep. me. Like, cause I don't think there was a song on that record that was under five minutes. No, that's so, uh, yeah, that was like, their that standard gets, operating procedure yeah, for Tool, right? Yeah. And so we got that one got a little long, but they played a bunch of really killer stuff, and it yeah. was a good show. And I was sick as a fucking dog, and I still had a great time. Yeah, well, it's Tool, right? Yeah, so, and I you know. like. They're they're a huge reason of the like this stuff that I that I'm writing for this uh, one solo record that I'm going to be hopefully putting out in the next year or so. Oh, right now. Uh, yeah, um, I'll have to show you. I'm some, looking forward. I'll, to I'll it. show you some demos later cool. if you want. Um, but uh, the reason I write partially the partially the reason I write the way I do is because of bands like Tool and Rage Against the Machine and um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Clutch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm a pretty big clutch fan <laughs> nice. okay right on but uh yeah them too so groups like that i love that shit i used to be writing to stoner rock too like yeah. Fu Manchu. yeah man the sword and yeah, sleep and stuff yeah. like that yeah man that is definitely 311 oh yeah, yeah man peanut great bass player there yeah. actually that's good we don't know and um actually tim mahoney is um their their lead guitar player mm. um because I, I used to be a really big 311 fan i've seen him live a couple times nice. including at red rock in colorado when i used to live oh, out west wow and uh, Tim Mahoney is like listening to a combination of uh, Jerry Garcia, a little dash of uh, Frusciante, and maybe like a little bit of like classic rock or like Page or something like that. And yeah. That's but the the he's definitely got like fifty sixty percent Jerry Garcia because he plays these really flowing notey solos mm. where the notes are all leading into one another, very Jerry Garcia like, yeah. right? So. Um, but yeah, they've, 
I, I was a big three. Like, I, and I was a skater when I was a kid too, right? Like, right. so, I mean, Dead Milkman, loved that band. Uh, big Lizard in My Backyard, Bitchin' Camaro, um, all those kind of uh, things. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. Okay, so it's like Bitchin' Camaro. Like, they, they were like um, kind of punk, but they were just like a band from California that was, they just wrote, like, they were like in their mid to late teens. Oh, cool. And they wrote like, their bass player's actually good. Um, but like they, their stuff's actually pretty remedial, but like there's some funny songs like punk sure. rock girl. Um, you dress like mini Pearl, just you <laughs> and me punk rock girl. Of course, nowadays kids listen to this podcast. Are like who's mini Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I just dated myself with a hee haw reference. Uh, Maybe we'll get a laughing reference too later on and we'll just all right. complete the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I still watch WKRP in Cincinnati. Fuck yeah. I still man. do. Why not? Dr. Johnny fever and Venus Flytrap are two of my all time favorite DJs and they're fake DJs, but. One of the best show, one of the best episodes actually is when they're um, doing a, a a thing about drinking and driving, and yeah. so they have a cop come into the studio and they're drinking beer, and after each beer, the cop has them blow into a breathalyzer, and they're like, as the show gets on, like Venus flytraps getting just sloshed, and he's like all of them like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Johnny, Dr. Johnny Fever the more he drinks the more sober he gets and he's getting better right? it's like reaction times fast and everything it's just That's such a good funny. show the narcoleptic morning man <laughs> That's awesome yeah. oh man um you were talking about how you got to interview uh Wilcox yeah. you've actually had the opportunity to interview some pretty famous de- people some i don't because of my position at the wolf a lot of the really really awesome stuff gets to go to you know like a brian ellis or a matt diamond and that's not sour grapes for me either they're morning guy and the ride home guy so those are the biggest rated um or the biggest day parts in a radio station yeah so that does take precedence uh i was lucky with the wilcox one because sue tyler was our ride home girl at the time right and sue's one of those people that's like very comfortable in her own skin and isn't one of those people in radio that will try to keep you down so that she can be put up right um so she knew i was a wilcox fan and it was technically her interview but i sat in and did the majority of the interview unbeknownst to my program director Um, (laughs) but um i've also got to interview uh the arkells nice um i'm other earth and actually, I, I got to take Christian Tan up on his offer because he's offered to co-host one of my shows with me. So oh, I think for yeah. an hour or two, I got to have Christian in because I think that would be. But what I would probably do is I'd have him in to spin some tunes or whatever. But then mm. maybe at the end of the show, have like a half hour, 40 minute conversation with him that I could kind of post online that I wouldn't be able to play on a rock station. Sure. Right? But I mean, that would be a great musical conversation as well. Absolutely. Uh, like the Tana brothers and like, I mean, they are, they're uh, so cool. They're, they're yeah, approachable, nice yeah. guys that will talk music to you. Tell you yeah, blue man. in the face. I remember seeing them at uh, a, a tiny little shithole called Phil's grandson's place. When they first went out on tour with I mother earth in 90, Oh, wait, I was in grade 10, grade maybe 93, something like that. Oh, wow. So it was an all-ages night at Phil's Grandsons. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that was the first time I saw uh, I'm Mother Earth and, and OLP. And oh, right actually, on. I'd see Big Wreck came out, I think, the year after that or two years after that. And they played uh, – I saw them play a couple times because they also played my uh, Frosh Week at Laurier. Oh, cool. Yeah, Big Wreck's awesome. Like, I mean yeah. – the and, I mean – 
the one thing I've always loved about Ian Thornley is, you know, everybody talked about his guitar and this and that because, and he is, guy's phenomenal guitar player. Mm. But nobody talks about, like, the fact that the guy fucking sings as well as Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah. Like, holy Jesus, jumped up Christ. That guy's got vocals. Oh, yeah. On, on, and he's and he, just like uh, Maynard, he leaves them all out there. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, and it's the cool thing about him, too, is he's only getting better. Yep. Which is yeah, amazing because some is. some cats, especially when they do a lot of the um, the, the more gravelly yeah. style stuff, yeah. they kind of lose it as they get older yeah. sometimes. And he's just getting cleaner. Yeah, and and means he takes care better. of himself. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Most especially with the gravelly voice, because it's yeah. not like he's Jeff Martin of the Tea Party, right? Like, yeah, he's got that more tenor, buttery. Yeah, yeah. A little easier to take care of. Yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, is also still sounding amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, nobody can great. hold a room with an acoustic guitar by himself as well as. Martin, like, I mean, yeah. that guy's awesome. He's, but. Yeah, he's really good. But yeah, I one of the I guess the only reason I didn't mention Thornley's voice earlier is, at least to me, it's kind of obvious yeah, I, how I insanely good yeah, his it, voice is. And if you don't, if you don't see him, especially like the earlier records, because there weren't a lot of guitar solos on the nope. earlier stuff, nope. and I think that's why it shocked me so much more. Because yeah. the later stuff that came out later, especially. Um, that song ghosts ghosts yeah where he just stevie rays all, all over, over the it, place yeah. for like the first three well the three quarters of the solo and then it turns into eric johnson at the end and you're like yeah. what the fuck just happened that's a great that's actually i i never thought of that before but you're right that's very eric johnson at the yeah. end of that that solo yeah i actually watched this really cool interview uh with thornley and he's talking about his his guitars and his amps and stuff like that and they bring up eric johnson and how much of a fan of his that he is yeah, I and i was like yeah i, totally I can see it even the tones and stuff yeah, like that too in right? a big way yeah. yeah and so like that that stuff's kind of cool but just real quick back to the tana brothers yeah. um because of wolfstock actually uh christian was handling yep he was doing uh, a lot I, of the, he did all the talent for that yeah, show, i think if yeah. i'm not mistaken yeah. uh well, yeah all the, i mean the musicians yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry i just <laughs> because i was there he was handling musicians. Yeah. Talents, maybe. <laughs> Talents seems like a, a word, at least for me, for people that have it like born into them. Those lucky motherfuckers. It's what you shows know what up on my paycheck from yeah. the wolf. Uh, there you go. That's actually what <laughs> Is my it really? Honor talent. That's so cool. It's funny. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It feels great to look at my paycheck. I'm yeah. like, I'm a fucking talented motherfucker. There you go. And handsome as the day is long. There Shit, you you're a lucky one, Mrs. Buller. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. But it was so funny because I didn't even know. Like, I just knew that his name was Christian. Yep. I didn't know it was Christian fucking Tana, who I have been a fan of I Mother Earth since I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't know what they looked like because to me, what a musician looks like is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. It's what do you sound like? How do you make me feel when I'm by myself with the headphones on? And especially when I was like 14. How, how do I feel listening to your stuff after I just smoked a big gagger? Yeah. You know? And <laughs> just like sitting in my bedroom with the phones on or, or with my older brother or my siblings or my friends and especially uh, Quicksilver Me Dream for me, oh, which, yeah, yeah. which is so yeah. weird because that was apparently not a great commercial success for them. No, but it was a great album. I fucking love that record, yeah. man. Yeah. And I would listen to that all the time all the time at least once a day for a summer straight and i found out that because i would i was shooting the shit with him for like 15 minutes and didn't know that it was this dude that from a rhythmic standpoint i idolized growing up and i was like oh my god so i had to come back to him be like somebody just told me who you were 
and I just want to say it is an honor to me. And he's like, oh, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> nicest that, guy. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, okay, cool. But famous people always like it when you don't know who they are. I once, uh, I'll tell you a story about a famous guy I met because my wife works on Bay Street. Oh, cool. So I go to like bottle service type clubs where right. we're talking big time money gets spent because it's c- corporate credit cards. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm at this Bay Street wanker club <laughs> that I got to bribe the goddamn bouncer to get in on because I'm never uh, wearing the right footwear ever. Uh, oh, my God. Well, I'm sorry. If you don't like Jordans, go fuck yourself. If you got a problem with Jordans, you got a problem with yourself. But anyway, I digress. So I go into this club and I'm not a dancer. Sure. I drink scotch. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a dancer. The reason why, I, like, I learned how to play an instrument because I can't dance. Right. I can't dance and I'm just not even going to try. So Sure. Uh I was sitting there having a drink and a bunch of the Bay Street people, it was mostly the ladies that my wife hangs out with, had kind of went out dancing and a couple of the guys went off somewhere. So it was just me. And I was sitting beside like these kind of like booths where like where the side I was sitting was right beside the booth that was a, like right beside me. Yeah. And there was a guy sitting there and shit and the, the TV was on and we're chatting sports for like, you know, a good 20 minutes. Mm. And, uh... We shared a scotch, just had a really good time or whatever. Yeah. And then these two big guys come over and like tap him on the shoulder, like, hey, gotta go. And he's like, oh, hey, man, it was really good talking. Nice to meet you. We like, I said, hey, man, likewise. And uh, my wife comes over after she sees him leave and goes, so did you have a really good time meeting Drake? <laughs> I was like, that's Drake? Holy shit. She was like, yeah, that was Drake. We didn't come over because we didn't want to like, Freak, freak him out, out. <laughs> and i was like oh i had no idea we didn't even in- exchange names that's cool but what's funny is i think the guy liked me because because you I had no idea chat- yeah, yeah. We were just chatting sports man yeah and he's it, just uh, another dude yeah. yeah 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 so that's awesome yeah it's 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 really cool and i, I kind of like finding out after the, the fact that you've just finished shooting this shit with somebody that's like super famous and you had no idea that that's who that was. Because that's how cool Christian Tana is, right? Yeah. Because he's not going to say to you, hey man, I'm the drummer from I'm of the Earth. Yeah. And and by the way, like if I had talent like that, I'd wear medals to bed for God's sakes. Like, like he has got (sighs) serious game. Oh man, his chops are insane. But humble. Oh, super, super. And just so fucking nice. So nice. Yeah, he like, introduced me to Mr. Zero from uh, the Kings as yeah. well, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. They were really cool. They were really... Did you see that? Uh, I think he's got... I think it's either a late 50s or real early 60s Mesa. Oh, It's yeah. not even a Mesa boogie. It's just a Mesa. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like it, Mr. Zero. And I was like, dude, that could, like, And it's not even huge. It's like a 60-watt amp. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of the first time I saw Neil Young. And like... Because I'd seen some like, you know... You know, uh, this was the 80s. So I'd seen like... Uh, white snake and yeah, you know yeah, they got yeah. walls of marshals and shit yeah and i go see neil young and the fucking guy's got like a 50 watt amp on the stage his bass player's got big cabs everybody else but neil young and like the cool thing about neil young though is like when you hear distortion you're not even hearing like distortion pedal or gain you're hearing like amp distortion like yeah. speaker cone distortion yeah because it's him just pushing cranked. so much shit through it yeah eh? just the way it breaks up when like, it's cranked like that yeah well fuck that's how like cats like iomi did it yeah. back in the day yeah you know well that in the the leather tip fingers, fingers too. yeah, yeah um, that kind of helps when you like yeah. cut your fingers off and you yeah. can still play guitar that's absolutely amazing. and just real quick too in case yeah. anybody doesn't know who mr zero is first off 
shame on you. Yeah, uh, shame on you. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh, the Kings. That song, um, the beat goes yeah. on switching and to switching glide. to glide. Um, the line where he says, "Me and Zero request you in the Mercedes." Mercedes. Yeah. Zero is the guitar player yeah. for the Kings. So there you go, fun yeah. little Canadian. And I love the way fact. he says Toronto in the song. Yeah. Tirana. That's Tirana. the way my grandma used to say. Yeah. It. We're going to Tirana on Saturday, right? I'd be like, "Okay, grandma. I don't mm-hmm. know what you're saying, but uh, I'll show up." Yeah. <laughs> Love that lady. She was awesome. Oh yeah. Hey, Donna, still want him? Told him to <laughs> ring you up when we was in Tirana. Yeah. It's awesome. uh, like great Canadian band. They yeah. played our promotion director's wedding. Really? Because uh, they're That's like cool. buddies from back in the day. Nice. So like, I'm like Carrie. Like, I saw like, I was checking his Facebook page when I first got hired at the Wolf. Is that the Kings or is that a Kings cover band playing your wedding? And he's like, no, it's Kings. It's like, no shit. Nice. It's so funny, man. They are so fucking cool. And you know what's hilarious, actually, just um, in terms of uh, cool Canadian bands as well. April Wine was actually really pretty cool, too. When they, uh, and we got, by we, uh, Balls and Jane. I I think you you were there, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, Balls and Jane got to open for April Wine at the venue and we also opened up for for david wilcox as well and something that's kind of funny just for being a musician and stuff like as a profession and or an entertainer in general as i'm sure well i don't don't know if you struggle with this at all but just people doing the like you have to get a real job sort of thing oh yeah okay yeah i I assumed probably i got a degree in economics my parents think i'm a damn fool yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean fuck you know what if if you can pay all your bills and if you're happy, that's all that matters. You gotta do what you love. Yeah, absolutely. The money will come if you do what you love. Yeah. You know it, what yeah. I mean? Eventually but the money, you've got to work on it. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, can't, yeah. You, you can't, can't be just... a good guitar player and sit back and just expect the world to come to you. It yeah, doesn't work that way. It doesn't that work way. that way. No, you got to be hustling all the time. Yeah. Um, Even Jimi Hendrix had to had to go to Britain to get famous, fuck right? Yeah, like, man. Nobody realizes that. You know, yeah. America thinks they're so tolerant. Yeah. But a lot of their stars had to go over there to get accepted before. Yeah. Well, it's funny like that. A lot of stars anywhere, they're. Their home country typically isn't the one to embrace them That's first. Right. It's You're usually right. they have they have to go elsewhere. Like a lot of uh, British stars came to the U.S. The US. Or, or North America in general. Yeah. And then when they came back, it's like, oh, my God, you've been to the other side of the pond. Yeah, you're you're, you must be a big deal then. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was kind of funny because um, I, I used to get that a bit. Uh, you know, you got to get a real job. Not necessarily from my folks, but from other people that I don't want to. Yeah. say who it is but you know trust me I got a father-in-law who's a Swiss man and I told them mothers do not let their daughters grow up to marry musicians it's you that fucked up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was so funny what solidified my legitimacy in this particular person's eyes was not not playing a football stadium where Stone Double Pilots were the headliners but playing the fucking venue in Peterborough where April Wine oh. was the headliners, which nothing against April Wine. I love that. But band. they're not been, STP. But they're not Stone Temple Pilots. Like, good no. Lord. And it was like, you know, and 2,000 people. Had, and I love playing the venue, too. Yeah. It's a great spot. But maybe 2,000 people if it's packed, packed. at the venue as opposed to like 10,000 people in a football in stadium. stadium. Oh, I fully and agree there. And it's like, but it's it's what, it's what they know. Yep. Right, you know, Stone, Stone Temple pilots really aren't maybe a big deal to them, whereas well, especially April it Wine, depends on how old yeah. they are too, well, right? Because yeah, if 60s. they okay, well there you go, right? So April Wine would have been right in their heyday, yeah. brings them back, whereas STP would have been kind of on their way out because yeah. there's a lot of people too that were the 80s were their thing. They didn't like the 90s, yeah, because the 90s was the antithesis of the 80s, right? Because yeah, you had those way. bands like you know no Nirvana and like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if it was, it was going to be like a 
uh, a DeLeo Brothers guitar solo, yeah. which is, by the way, uh, uh, tripping on a hole in a paper heart. Mm. That has got to be one of the greatest guitar solos in rock history, and I still can't figure out how he did it. That's probably part of it, but what I, uh, what, the way I think they recorded it, because it's like, yeah. like it's so fast and stuff, but it's all stripped of effects. Yeah. What I think he did was he did that lead with like a bunch of studio effects on there to be able, because those inflections and stuff that he does are not right if you were to do it on a on a naked guitar tone but i bet you he laid it down with those studio effects and then they stripped Stripped it off off, and then they but either way it's just so fast and intense and it's all over it's 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 everything that a 90s guitar solo should be right it's just attitude abound yeah or billy corgan you get some of those ones like uh you know cherub rock or something like that right they're not like the thrashy van halen or stevie vi type stuff right it's got more melody in it yeah yeah a lot more melody in fact you're going away from jazz and going almost more to pop yeah even though if you told that to a a, an alternative 90s guy he would have like shot you but you know yeah less production they were were sub pop though yeah they were yeah (laughs) below that pop yeah but yeah fuck man um so just real quick, just because we've been all over the place, yeah. uh, I want to talk about um, your your current band, the Letterman Club. Cool, cool. Or is it Letterman's? The Letterman Club. Letterman. Letterman okay, Club. I got it right the first time. I thought yeah, so. Yeah. Um, you guys have been on a, a minor hiatus. Minor, our lead singer's got a little bit of a throat issue, but hopefully yeah. that's going to be behind him within the next month. Yeah. Hopefully. You guys were... Now, was it an EP or a full length? Um, we're, we're working on, on uh, an EP. It well, we've got fun. enough for a full length, but right. we've decided uh, probably five to six tracks will make it. Okay. And that'll probably be released this spring or early summer. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Where can people find that stuff um, online? We can, you can go to Reverb Nation and search the Letterman Club, and it's M-E-N, not M-A-N. So okay. the Letterman yeah. Club. Men, yeah. Um, if not there, uh, we do have a Facebook page, yep. and you can find us through there. Uh, you have a Twitter then, too, right? I believe we have a Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not super active on the social media unless we're actually gigging. It's yeah. like I mean, we're all older guys, right? I mean, I didn't oh, yeah. know what I didn't know what Facebook was till I went to radio school, right. and the kids made fun of me. Because they were like, okay, well, we'll get together on Facebook and do this project. And I was like, what the fuck is Facebook? Yeah. And I thought that they were going to die of a hernia laughing so hard. And then when they got done, they kindly helped me sign up for Facebook. (laughs) And I still don't post. Like, I'm not a guy that takes pictures at a lot of concerts. I'm one of those people that likes to experience where I am. You want to live it. And I don't want to have my phone out. And I can't stand the people around me that have their phones in the air. I want to punch you in the face. And the only person worse than the phone person at a concert is the guy when you're watching a Leaf game, when the camera pans to the corner, who always has to stand up with his fucking Blackberry in his ear to wave to his wife. Uh. If you have to stand up and wave to a camera on Hockey Night in camera or Canada when the when the puck goes into the corner, your fucking mother didn't hug you enough. <laughs> like, if the show's not fucking about you, don't make it about you. Watch the fucking game, yeah. shut your fucking mouth, and turn off your phone. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like that? Banging Fine. on the table. I I like it. I don't know what people listening in headphones will think. Yeah. But <laughs> They're going to be mad. Yeah. That's okay. We can we can pull the levels down later, put a yeah. noise gate on it. It'll exactly. Be fine. Gate that shit. Yeah, Actually, absolutely. you know what's funny? I just uh, <laughs> uh, read this thing by Prince's uh, old um, engineer. And you know the song Kiss? Yeah. Right? That choppy whatever. Like nobody can ever do. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I found out why. Because he took his guitar and put it through like this weird fucking gate and a couple other effects. So there's like the engineer was like, everybody always tries to get that lit and no one can because it's it's synthetic almost. Right. Right. Prince was playing it, but it's going through the gate and being crushed and Right. So, so there, without yeah. the proper effects rack, you can't, you do, can't it. do it the right way. You can you kind of try yeah, to you emulate can comp it, that, but, but yeah, but you're, yeah. It's not gonna sound the same, right? Because there's also awesome. a delay on it, I believe, and Fuck, stuff. So. What a genius oh, that dude I know. was, eh? I know. I mean like the there's uh stars, there's superstars, and then there's Prince. Yeah. I, I mean know, right? like that guy I think had a catalog that is like an iceberg what we've it's seen insane. i think is just the tip i think that guy had albums in in his vault that he's Tons. like tupac man we're gonna see fucking records from him a hundred years from now yeah well <laughs> actually it's crazy um kevin smith talked about this on one of his evenings with okay. i don't know if you're a smith fan or not. yeah oh yeah uh but um he was talking about how like he did or he shot it was never released he shot this documentary uh, about Prince putting out a record, and it was the one that was really, really religious. Um, I can't, what the hell is the title of the record? Shit. I'll put an annotation on later. Yeah. Uh, but um, he was talking to, I don't know if it was his publicist or an assistant of some kind, but apparently Prince has not only albums, like multiple, multiple albums, like tens of albums yeah. that are unreleased, but he's got tons of music videos that are unreleased really that who knows what's and they're just all in his vault and because like his compound right every room in there is wired for sound so to to borrow the joke that kevin smith made he could be taking a dump and writing raspberry beret yeah you know yeah so it's like no shit eh yeah (laughs) so like it's everything but he was prolific right oh yeah there are there's some people are just born with a with a, a creative brain that even people that are creative look at and go, oh my God, that guy is, an, he's on another planet. He's a phenomenon. He's unconscious, yeah. right? It's just, it's... Like even think of like um, uh, when Doves Cry. Yeah. He sent that to the label and the label's like, uh, it doesn't have bass on it. It sounds like shit. We're not putting that out. Prince was like, fuck you, put it out. Yeah. And that you have to listen to him because he's Prince. He's got a lot of power. Yeah. And they put it out. Sure enough. To hit, hit but like hit. record company executives are like, they're so trained, right? They're like, but there's no bass on it. But yeah. Prince was like, no, we stripped out the bass because that leaves that wicked, like airy kick. Yeah. And then all the falsetto on top, right? Yeah, so it, yeah. it leaves you with this illusion of space, even though there isn't. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. Oh, it's, it's genius. Beautiful production. It's, oh, incredible. Incredible. And I'm sorry I've digressed again. No, man. it's okay. I keep going off I, about my Letterman. I'm supposed to be talking about my band. I'm talking about everybody. I, see, the thing is, I was always taught by my... I'm actually a really bad self-promoter. Uh, my radio station gets on me about it because I don't go talking to people about me and stuff. But I was always taught by my mom and my grandma and stuff. Like, you don't brag about yourself. Yep. No, you, I know um, you let other You let your actions do the talking for you and, and yep. let other people, you know, yep. create your legend, so to speak, or whatever, right? Yep. And I, I don't like to be... But I mean, I will say this, uh, I work with two very talented musicians that are two of my best friends Mm. and, uh, we put out like, we're not, uh, you're not going to come see us and be like, man, they're Van Halen because you're not going to hear huge solos and stuff. Mm. Um, what you're going to hear is almost like some classic rock, maybe a little folk almost sometimes, but Mm. we, um, we're three piece and, um. I really have a lot of fun writing songs, especially with Dave, because we've yeah. I've been knowing him since I was in grade four, yeah. and because uh, he came from Galway, Ireland, and I was kind of like his first friend in grade four, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm David Hoard from Galway, <laughs> and now he doesn't talk like that. 
but uh, he still has that beautiful Irish voice, which yeah. apparently all Irish people have because I went to his wedding in Ireland. And, uh, and they were always- everybody in his family sang beautifully. Oh, and like, sweet. you want to feel like a total loser because <laughs> you think you're like, uh, you can party hard and stuff. <laughs> I went to his wedding and like the septuagenarians, like we're talking 70 year olds are still up like drinking hard at like three 30 in the morning. And That's I'm just awesome. like, I've already puked four times <laughs> and they're like, Oh Matt, are you going to come? We've got the fiddle. And his one cousin actually, uh, she's a fiddle player has perfect pitch. Wow. Which blew my mind because I've never actually seen a person take a guitar and tune it without a reference note. Wow. No reference note tuned it perfectly. So then about like, 20 minutes later, Dave and I were doing a little bit of jamming because we were, they were doing the musical instruments. Yeah. So Dave and I were playing uh, an old Waterboys tune called Fisherman's Blues. It's an nice. Irish song. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when the solo part came, she had her fiddle. I was like, hey, take it away. And she goes, well, how can I take away a song I've never heard before? And I almost had to put down my guitar because I was like, you can tune a guitar without a reference note, which means you can hear this in your head. Yeah. But you can't lay a lead on that, which is... It just goes to show you how different people have yeah. different skills, even within. It's not that that's bad or good. Yeah, it's, it's just, just that, like, because I can, I can do an uh, um, an improv lead, no problem. Yeah. And to find, like, I thought for sure because of her talent of being able to hear something in her head and just have it on the guitar, that yeah. would be the it would translate, but it doesn't because yeah. you ha- still have to be able to craft that melody. Yeah. Oh, because I sure. sing to myself when I play leads. I don't know if you do, but I I, I sing. Oh yeah. Totally. Or like I'll mouth a little bit of it anyway. The hard parts because yeah. uh, that's what kind of keeps me on track. Because otherwise, I actually have a tendency to digress even when I play guitar. Just like yeah, talking. when you're speaking. Yeah. yeah. It's that's how I write riffs too. Cool. As I'll 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 sing something. I'll be like, oh, that was cool. I'll come downstairs and I'll play it and I'll be like, okay, I was close. I was a little off with what yeah. I thought I was gonna do. And um, something that was actually kind of funny. Uh, just a weird to sort of digress. Um, I don't know if you even knew about this, but I had really bad vertigo last year to the point where I was hospitalized. Wow. Um, because I I had vertigo once for two months and it it's was rough. Awful. It's it's it's. I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. I threw up for twelve hours straight. Oh, dude. Fun fact. If you throw up hard enough and long enough, eventually poo comes up. I did not know that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and it and it's not like South Park where they like yeah. put the food up their butt <laughs> and like a solid log comes out. It's like weird little particles of poop, hmm. uh, which is the poor intern doctor at the oh, emerge geez, yeah. comes up and I was like. <laughs> I hurled because they put they brought me in really fast, mm-hmm. uh, and I I throw up and I was like, oh my god, I think that's shit. And the doctor's like, I'm gonna go get the attending, <laughs> and he just fucking like that's just awesome. turns around and walks away. And like I can laugh about it now, yeah. but at the time it was oh, horrifying. It scared me shitless. Pardon my but, pun. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I didn't but, even mean to, but you know, yeah, that was like, good I would, though. <laughs> I would be freaked right out but yeah like and it was it was kind of scary because they were saying it could be Meniere's which leads yeah. to deafness yeah. which is what happened to Beethoven um and uh they're they they're like it could have been a blood clot it could be cancer all this yeah. like really scary shit so like MRIs and CAT scans and all that kind of stuff but uh because I had fuck all to do for like f- three three or four days I was in the hospital um I was like fuck it I'll write a song so nice. um so I charted this tune i I don't know where the page is now. It's around somewhere in the cabinet or something. But I uh, I charted this tune in in bed because uh, I do this weird thing. Um, my improv teacher Michael Stewart at uh, Mohawk told us about uh, visualization. Okay. And so I can 
it's not always 100 percent, but yeah. it's usually in the ballpark i close my eyes and i visualize the neck of the yeah. bass and um so, and frets will light up and then tones generate in my head cool. um yeah it sounds it this sounds like bullshit but this is it's no, legit I, I, I and i do this every night before i go to sleep uh especially for tunes that i i know i made a mistake in at the last show or in rehearsal or whatever so that i can kind of work through it uh almost like just before i start to pass out because then i find that when i wake up then it's like really in there so i was in the hospital bed for like three or four days and um was charting this tune and and trying to write lyrics as well and um i was able to get i would say about 80 percent of it done um wow. in bed and it was so much fun being able to very much like beethoven uh, well uh well, thank you I did, you didn't That's, write the fifth symphony it, it, death no, or yeah. whatever but like you know <laughs> yeah but uh luckily it just turned out to be this uh weird thing where a crystal developed in my ear and physio fixed it but cool. uh but it was spooky because i couldn't walk for like a month yeah and it was it was really intense but uh it was just a neat exercise for that visualization and and um because i definitely don't have perfect pitch yeah. but you can train relative pitch you can right and so it was a really good well, and you know your intervals too right well, yeah. so like you yeah, know yeah. how they're gonna once you pick your key yeah. Right. You know how it's going to sound. You might be off on your tone a little bit in little. your head. You're yeah, like, yeah. Your A is not going to be 440 hertz or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's your A, the D that you play after that, let's say, will be in reference to that, to that A. A. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's your, yeah. Like relative relative pitch. pitch yeah so um it was a really like despite being really fucked up and not able to do much of anything it, i still felt the need to exercise that which uh i i guess is maybe a little ocd and no it's, yeah, crazy, i think those but, things are great exercises but, uh, as, a, as a creative person but it was really cool and it was really interesting so uh just to hear like um you talk about that person with perfect pitch that shit amazes yeah me. It, yeah and, that blow that blew me away to watch it to actually watch it like yeah I was like, don't you need me to play the middle C on piano or something like that? And she's like, no, no, got it. Point. And yeah. it was just unbelievable. Like, I, yeah. and I, I'm very talented though, Yeah. but would, would have to read it from a chart. Yeah. And just real quick too, cause you were just saying that you don't really like to uh, promote your own stuff too much. I think you are a fucking good bass player. Well, thanks. Like, man. I, I think you're really good. And I, I haven't heard you play guitar or sax, but I would imagine that um, you're really good at those two because like everything I, everything I've seen you do, you're 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 fucking adept. Thank like you, you're man. you're good at what you do, and I really appreciate hanging out with you. I appreciate and, you too, uh, buddy. And I've been having a really good time. To wrap it up, because we are gonna have to call it, because I I got a little bit of stuff going on later today. And it's NFL um, Championship Day. Is it? Yeah. Oh well, I won't keep you then, because I'm sure you want to get to your game. I'm a degenerate gambler. Oh, okay. I am a degenerate sports gambler. <laughs> And I got an economics degree, so I have spreadsheets at home oh where God, I actually so have funny. odds. Like I calculate very deep. Oh, I'm, nice! I'm, uh, yeah, you're you're in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I have a bookie. Oh, well, good. no, it's online, but okay. Well, I used cool. to have a bookie, bookie, but All you don't need them anymore because yeah. I don't use Proline. Proline sucks. The Ontario government's a, a corrupt bookie because they make you parlay games. You can't just I pick one game. Oh, okay. okay, you can't pick one game. A parlay is picking more than one game. And they all have to come in for you to win. But uh, obviously, every time you pick another game, the odds decrease for, for right? you to for win. You yeah. To win yeah, right? yeah. So I always huh. I like playing point spread on, on football and stuff like that. But anyway, please, you said yeah. you have to go. And I could. Uh, no, I, that's cool. Um, I'm a motor mouth. You, you were uh, you're releasing this new little comedy short that you've been working yeah, on. Hater, bud. Hater, bud. It's, uh, uh, tell uh, us like, about it. It's like um, 
opinions and uh, stories and jokes from a hoser point of view. He like kind of like talks like this, right? Like, so like, you know, uh, you, when you take like a first date for dinner, right? Like, you know, you want to take her somewhere nice, but like, you don't want to do like what my cousin Merle did, right? Like, so dumb, eh? He's got like rocks in his head for heavy thinking. And like, so he took his date to like a truck stop. He's got like, he's like school on Sunday, no class. <laughs> so like, you know, I would have taken my date like to a lobster and piano bar, right? Because like my dad always said, it's like totally better to have lobster on your piano than crabs on your organ. That's funny shit. Yeah. Uh, I just played that one on the Wolf yesterday. I think. Did you? That's yeah. great. So is it is it a Wolf exclusive? Uh, no, it's it's my own. I I don't give the Wolf uh, oh, my cool. content. Nice. Because um, I actually want to try. Well, like I play it on my shows. Yes, yes. Um, but I want to try to syndicate it eventually if I That's can. I've awesome. got uh, six episodes uh right now usually the way the episode like so that was cletus yokelman that's that yeah. that's the guy's name and um he always comes after the announcer the announcer is my friend ryan lalone the producer right. at, at uh the wolf and he it usually will start with um I, I think the one that i did yesterday was uh and now a guy so dumb that when the weatherman said it was chilly he brought a bull it's cletus yokelman oh I it, so that's awesome where can where can people find it then outside of the wolf? Uh, my Facebook page right now has uh, only one of them up so far yeah. um, because I just pretty much debuted it. Okay. But uh, just stay, keep staying tuned, and uh, I'll make sure that uh, another one goes up probably tomorrow. The one that I just played on the wolf this weekend, and I'm just gonna keep trying to roll with them. I want them to be like the champ, right? You yeah, yeah. The champ? Hey, everybody, the champ here. Yeah, yeah. Lose it. Yeah. I absolutely snap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, Mr. Stupidhead. Yeah. <laughs> idiot face. Yeah. Lose it. Snap. Yeah. Yeah. I love awesome. that. That was Brother Jake Edwards, one of my radio heroes when I was a kid. Oh, right. Um, so that's part of the reason why. And actually, Scruff Connors, who, you rest in peace, just passed away. And uh, oh, those were the kind of DJs that used to do, they didn't just do breaks on the radio. Every now and then, they would do a pre produced feature. Right. And so. I like to incorporate that stuff into my show because I really enjoy writing. So. Yeah. But anyway, please. That's yeah, fucking awesome. Friend me on Facebook and yeah. uh, I'll friend you back because I love hanging out and meeting new people. And I'm sure you and I will have a, a barley pop uh, one oh, yeah. of these days at the Red Dog or something. Check totally. out some, some new bands. Yeah. So that is... Uh Oh, sorry. Say the name of the the comedy thing again. Hate Air Bud. Hate Air Bud. Fuck, With sorry. Cletus Yokelman. I, I, I keep wanting to call That's it just Cletus. Right. But uh, Hate Air Bud, Letterman Club, um, Matty Buller on the Wolf, and uh, is it Fresh? And Fresh Radio, and yeah. Fresh Radio. Anything else? Uh, no, I just got two kids and a little puppy and a wife, so I'm a very happy and very, very blessed man. Right on. Well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with me today, man. I love it, uh, It's been far too long, and we, we should not let it go so long before we hang out next. Most definitely. And All we'll right. do it again. Awesome. All right, everybody, you've been listening to 646 with Maddie Buller. My name's Dawson McManus, and as always, thanks for listening. Have a good one. <laughs>